0: But first, a new National Labor Relations Board rule makes it plausible for an employee to make a complaint about a former employer triggering fears of higher trucking costs. John Gallagher is here to break it down for us. John, thanks so much for taking the time to join us here. This is uh, obviously an interesting ruling is now you can make complaints about former employers. Can you break it down for us? Yeah, actually, uh, actually it's more more about uh, uh, current employers. Um, Well, sure, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically this um, new NLRB standard, um, it's called, it determines now uh, what, what what they call joint employer status. So, so it, you know, it can open up this, some potential, um, you know, new operational and um, liability costs for carriers because under this new standard, um, a company can be considered a joint employer um, over the employees of another company if they had this of contra- any kind of a contractual or uh, a specific or a a, a contractual relationship that has, um, where there's control over seven specific, um, what the NLRB is is calling uh, seven seven, um, essential terms and conditions. So the seven that they laid out in this new rule are uh, wages and benefits, uh, hours of work and scheduling, assignment of duties, supervision of performing those duties, um Work rules governing the performance of duties and the grounds for discipline, tenure of employment and working conditions that are related to the safety and health of employees. so and it's that and it's that last one regarding uh, rules over safety and health that have, Um, uh, The big carriers uh, most worried about because many of these motor carriers uh, like large uh, carriers will have contractual provisions with other motor carriers that require compliance with um, health and safety standards um, like hours of service, which which actually is overseen by FMCSA and safety rules that's overseen by OSHA. And that's one of the uh, one of the uh, complaints they have. It's like th- these are already regulated. These are already over. These w- rules, safety and health, is already overseen by these by these agencies. So why are we doing this? That's that's kind of a side complaint that they have. But but basically, when when this came out, um, last year, um, ATA commented they had about like an eight page, an eight page comment saying, you know, this new standard will mean potential, you know, wholesale wholesale review of the contracts that they have with other carriers. Because there's this new risk associated um, when you're now deemed to be the employer of another company's employees. So you know, especially wh- wh- where there's no ability to control these employees. So I asked the ATA to comment on the on the final rule that came out yesterday, and they just they gave me just a short statement. They basically, said they, they you know they expected as expected the final rule largely reflects what they had proposed, but they also said something interesting was that. The, they said that the board recognized that um, requiring compliance with these health safety and these other regulations did not alone constitute a joint employer relationship. so uh, so I spoke with a, uh, an attorney about this who seemed you know less optimistic that the edged on uh, a bit on this final rule and and, and made it less onerous but but because he reiterated basically that you know if one of those seven essential terms that I listed are shared, with in a contract with another company, they those companies will be considered joint employers with uh, so and he also pointed out that, you know, the trucking company will now be implicated as a joint employer, not only for the the exercise of the authority over one one or more of those conditions, but even even for indirect uh, authority, meaning that, you know, even if the they technically have authority over any of those conditions, but don't but don't use the authority, it still doesn't mean that they are not going to be considered a joint employer under this new NLB standard. So, so basically, so what all this means is that you know, a carrier, as I understand it, you know, if a carrier has a contractual relationship, say, with a, a fleet operator that provides, like, say, supplemental capacity during, you know, dur- during the or something like that, and and someone in that other company has a work rule or a safety complaint against against their company, the the, the Trucking company that's been, contracting with that that fleet operator can also be held liable now if that employee files a complaint with, with that other uh, other company, even though he's not a technically a, a, an employee of of the carrier. And so that's why the HAA said in their you know their initial comments that they'll now have to rethink these contracts and you know whether they stay in them or change the terms or um or whatever and and you know and the, the rule just came out so it's it's like it's like a 200 page rule so maybe when the dust settles you know and the industry has a, a chance to digest this we'll we'll know well have a little bit more clarification on just what the level of concern should be here I, I think that that's a that's a good point to bring up, John, because it's kind of vague how deep this goes, right? If you're talking about contractual fleets on fleets, that's one thing, but could this potentially even be extended to say, like, a shipper who runs their own warehouse has a contract with a carrier who comes and picks up from their warehouse? In that, these are the terms for the health and safety of our warehouse employees, and then boom, now the carrier is exposed to the liability if something happens for the shipper's warehouse worker. Could that now be a case? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great point because I, I believe that's true. So it, it doesn't, because the NLR, NLRB's rule, I mean, I just talked about how it affects trucking, but the rule is about comp, joint employers of two companies or, or, or more than two companies. So like you said, so it could be, uh, you know, a carrier has a, a relationship with a shipper or a warehouse um, and, you know, warehouses, uh, w- warehouses um, and shippers can, can be unionized and they might have a, they, so... You're right. So they could be liable there, and that sort of brings up the whole union aspect of this too. Like if those if those, if those companies, a warehouse or a shipper or, or, or the fleet operators I, I mentioned, if they're if they're unionized now, the the, the 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 trucking company now is would now be at the bargaining table. But potentially, um, not not to bargain that they would be a union, but to, to now have to have to. Hash out the like what, what the terms of some of these work rules are, and whether they're going to decide to be with, with you know, si- sign on to those. And if and if they do, that you know, again, that that brings up all these extra costs that they never had to deal with before. John, is there any sort of conclusion as to the de- the definition of relationship? In other words, you say we have to have, a, have to have a relationship between one and the other, like the the example that Kaylee brought up. Uh, I mean basically you've got the seven the seven idea or the seven uh, specific areas of, of concern here. Yeah. But like in terms of I mean it is it has to be a formal relationship like there is an agreement there's a signed agreement that this is a, this person is an employee of this person and therefore as a result of this other relationship becomes a joint employee with another. Yeah and I think that's where I Sent me a, a short statement, and because this just came out, but I, I think that's where ATA was going with the final. The difference between what was initially proposed and the final rule, um, I read through. I tried to read through most of that final rule too yesterday, um, and I did see where ATA was saying, you know, it doesn't where where the formality of the contracts might come into place and how that how they're overseen, and so I, maybe that's what where ATA was 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 going with the fact that they the NLRB relented a bit or. It, um, you know, clarified it, that it's not this, it's, it, 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 it can be less of a, of a strict relationship. So that could be the case, Bill. So wh- I, I, again, um, it, we'll, we'll have to see how this sort of shakes out after, after it's kind of been lo- looked at a little bit more closely and people have t- time to, you know, digest what the implications are. It's going to be interesting to watch for sure, especially as we kind of break down another rule that seems to pass without forethought into what these specifics could be. John, thank you for joining us this morning. Have a great weekend and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, you guys. All right, let's move over to the wall with our first carrier update of the morning.